0: to this damn show damn it the napping through happy hour podcast brought to you by geekscape real life real drama real time i'm gary snooze that's the the ad that's the end that's the (laughs) (laughs) ad.
1: what my co-host morgan and i track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from it's like hot sex in a mug we are the maximum mediocrity podcast and we are on all major podcasting platforms we'll be waiting for you
2: week we are talking about 1982's night beast as picked by brian so brian the the floor is yours so about night
3: beast i saw the picture when we watched it on the movie and i was like we have to pick that i realized that i am officially a co-host of this show i've gotten to a point where where i am ingrained in this show and there's a simple (laughs) test right when you first get on this show You see that fucking trauma in the beginning and you're like, oh, fuck, it's trauma. And then then after a while, you're just like, oh, fuck, it's trauma. And that's exact because I didn't know when I picked it that it was a trauma film. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, fuck. Fuck my ass. It's trauma.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So sore it is and it isn't. I don't think trauma has the rights to this one anymore. I think this is now a vinegar syndrome. Yeah, it is. This was like one of those ones where Lloyd Kaufman helped produce a documentary about the maker of Night Beast called Blood, Boobs and Beast. And in doing that, he also acquired the rights to the movie Night Beast to make the documentary and then was like well fuck it we'll put it out on dvd <laughs> so like it was a very i wouldn't consider this true to trauma canon as much as this movie already had like a cult following as being a b horror film before trauma ever came into the picture
3: yeah i mean i i will say like the first 10 10 to 20 minutes i thought I was so happy with my choice.
2: And then. This movie is like 90, like the first 15 minutes is like 30 deaths. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many people that get fucking
4: murdered in this.
3: (laughs) I know. And I was like, man, at first, keep in mind, this is my first time watching. So the first 15, 20 minutes is like, dude, I might throw this in the fucking hat for our pilot just because as the editor, I selfishly was (laughs) like, oh, I could have some fun editing some fucking skits around this. You know, just like the cheesy lasers and everything. And then it (laughs) just turned to a bad movie quickly.
2: We've said this before. You know, last week we did Horror at Party Beach. And I feel like my feelings of horror on Party Beach are similar to Night Beast, where when Horror at Party Beach is the actual Party Beach and there's a horror happening at it, it's great. And when there's a beast at night killing people, this movie is great. (laughs) But in both cases, when it goes to, like, the scientists or, in this case, the police officers trying to solve the the mystery of the Night Beast or horror at Party Beach, uh, loses my interest. Yeah. (laughs) Like, real quick. What made me lose
4: interest in this movie is all the fucking shootouts.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Dude. It's absurd. How many times is it going to take when you, when they're finally going to be like, you know what? Bullets aren't killing this thing. They never <laughs> learn. They never <laughs> learn.
2: Well, let's talk about the first 10 minutes because I feel like we could do a full episode just on the first 10 minutes of this movie because there's so much. But like it starts off with what I swear to God was a Star Wars toy that that we used to have at our house <laughs> as a spaceship that crash lands into the woods. And then in a total like styrofoam cup type way, this guy just goes, what the hell was that (laughs) and his two buddies are passed out through an entire explosion like a massive explosion in the woods and his two buddies are still just fast asleep unaffected by it oh man but then yeah like you see this monster and it's like shooting people with a laser gun and they're just turning into cartoon animations of a person before they disintegrate and it's it's pretty great. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's
3: so much fun. It's like, why couldn't it keep
2: this pace? And the movie's not long. No, it's like...
4: It really does feel long, though.
2: Yeah. The first, like, 20 minutes fly by, and then the hour feels like a decade. Yeah. I mean, tune in for next week where I, I feel similarly about certain things but they kill the three guys in the woods they immediately introduce this uncle and his two like nephews or whatever <laughs> knock them off like and i love like the effect of the uncle like flops out of the car and his eyeballs dangling out of his face and it's it's cheesy props but it it you know it does something for me mm-hmm. and then you know they kill the kids
0: <laughs> very yeah.
2: anticlimactically and then it's like Well, that's six, but I feel like we can do more. So the monster also just goes to someone's house to rip out a dude's guts at the front door. Like, like it's insane how many people he kills in the first 10 minutes of this movie. (laughs) But then we introduce the cop, and the cop looks like he stepped right off the set of Night Beast onto the set of Sleepaway Camp because he's just got, like, that big old bushy beard and his big fro and no ability to emote when he acts. And oh, yeah, it's like dude.
4: I don't think that you can criticize him as much as you can criticize the old woman scientist because she's quite possibly the worst actor on that we've had like to discuss
3: yeah in a year. Well they're they're a shitty duo. Her and her husband was that her husband? I
4: thought it was her son, but I mean, it, 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 he's old enough to be. I mean, she's old enough to be his mom. Yeah. So, Look, I the don't ages. Know.
2: The ages of all the characters in this movie are wild. There's there's a a 50s greaser who's in his 50s. <laughs> Ed will yeah. put in this movie. oh, oh Drago. <laughs> uh,
4: also, the, just got the guy randomly is like, "Oh, I'm just gonna like strangle people to death." Yeah.
3: And listen. If you're trying to portray domestic violence, which is a very serious thing, could you not do the Looney Tunes where you go to wrap your arms around someone and they duck under you and you fall into a chair?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I remember, I specifically remember that scene. You want to fight? Then let's fight! I'm like, he doesn't want to fight, you psychopath. But the other thing that that I remember so vividly about that scene is that the room that
2: his like oh yeah like it look it looks like they're on the set of pink flamingos yeah <laughs> like it's, it, it, it's literally it's like an rv it's a bedroom in yes, an rv yeah, like, it
1: is yeah.
4: absolutely and the the most ridiculous thing about it which is the most ridiculous thing in in a ridiculous five by five square <laughs> is the fact that she's laying on like the bed quote unquote is literally like like vietnam war fucking cot you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Well, like my grandpa had one of those in his basement. They're so uncomfortable. And then above it, she has a a, a beer can collection. <laughs> I don't know why these things bother
2: me so well, much. And so the thing that bothered me is that you have this like domestic abuse scene and then it just turns into like this. Awkward, unnecessary nude scene where she's just like, Well, time to strip slowly and then start packing a bag. And it's like, I don't need to see this scene. Like, I like I I don't think that it's unnatural for her to make that decision. I just think it's weird that we have to watch it happening in real time because it's not like it doesn't work. Well, this movie's got a lot. There's one of the lines that I wrote down. I didn't actually write the, the dialogue down, but there's a scene where the cop car is driving to, to like investigate. And it is such an incredible ADR. of <laughs> Just like, you know, I'm not sure about this. Yes, we'll have to check it out. And it's just like the shot of a car driving towards the camera while that happens. And all I can think of, again, is my favorite ADR, which is Orgasmo. <laughs> like, I'm really excited you're coming to my house, Joe. I can't wait to show you the things that that are there. Did you say something? Nah, just thinking. (laughs) Yeah, the ADR throughout this movie during driving scenes is horrendous. The acting is horrendous. But, I mean, it's a shitty rubber suit, but I love the fucking Night Beast every time I see it with its permanent smile on its face.
4: He's just really happy about killing.
2: Oh, he loves it. It's like he just came here for one reason and one reason only. Later on in the movie, we get to see just the most awkward, pasty sex scene with like a piano score. Yeah. Oh my god! Why though? I have no clue.
4: I don't under like uh,
2: that wasn't his girlfriend, right? And I, look, I I think it was to cross off the word boobs on the list of three B's. But they already
4: got I know, but they already got boobs with the girl who got strangled earlier look, on. So I just
2: want to quote our good friend Kyle on a recent episode where if it's the eighties and you only get half a boob, that's almost like negative two boobs. (laughs) So you had to add some extra in there. You're like, all right, we got to, we got to make sure everyone's happy and (laughs) tiddly.
4: So, so in that scene, the, the way that she seduces him is I actually wrote down the, the lines are you embarrassed, Jack? They get to this room, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was skipping a little mm-hmm. bit because I was so tired of the bullshit. And um, they get to this room, and I see her, like, messing with his pants. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait. This is probably important. So <laughs> I, <laughs> so I re- rewind. Like I sitting out there watching. And he goes, I got a boner.
2: <laughs>
4: uh, no, I, I was not aroused by this sex scene. Uh, anyway, so she somehow tells him that he has to take his pants off and she goes he's like doesn't want to and she's like are you embarrassed jack no of course not good let's get those pants off (laughs) that's like that's that's the inflection and those are the the lines i
2: always remember this scene and i think it's in naked gun but it might be in another movie but it's right before a sex scene where someone's suit literally just tears in half like seamlessly (laughs) like they just like pull it off like someone taking off a dress. And uh, I know that that's not how it happened in this movie, but in my mind's eye, as I'm trying to remember the scene, that's how it happened is that his suit just like literally just came to pieces immediately. (laughs) And I was staring at a white old pasty ass, just (laughs) right dead center of the camera for way too long. Yeah. That's what, you know, that's why I I
4: really appreciate movies like demon wind, where if you're going to have a man ass, at least it's like a, you know, A a muscular, tanned, nice toy ass. Yeah, 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 make sure that ass is tight. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Megan hates that voice, so I think I'm going to be using it for the rest of the episode.
2: (laughs) This is like a one. So the fun thing about this pick was that it was on my list for a while, but it was on like the long list. And then Brian was like, I think I'm going to go with Night Beast. I was like, well, You can take that bullet. (laughs) Yeah, um... yeah.
3: I I actually was like, "Wait, who picked
2: this shit?" Yeah,
3: I forget what movie we had watched. It was something that we had recently watched, and Night Beast was on. You may also be interested in. And I just saw the picture of it, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And boy, was I wrong. I didn't know. I didn't know that people were going to be that tired during filming. Like, every, every conversation just reminds me of the intro to any Lonely Island song that Andy Samberg isn't on. Like, we like sports and those things where it's just like, oh, so, you's all, so you've also been having sex. Like, that just dead voice the entire movie <laughs> is very, uh, puts you to sleep. It puts you to sleep.
4: What about that decapitation scene in the basement? There?
3: That was dank because it looked like the Pirates from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. I was a big fan of that. It's like one of those things where it's like, I'm so quick to judge because I immediately jumped on and made fun of it. But also it's like, could I have done better? And I don't think I could have, but I also don't make real movies. So I guess that's not a good excuse.
4: Yeah. Like we just, we can talk as much shit as we want to because we're amateur movie critics, right? Like we, we criticize movies or we critique movies. No one cares about anymore so you know
2: it's it's fine we can do what we want Some yeah. i would argue most people didn't care about these movies when they came out yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah if anything if anything us talking about it's the most attention some of these movies got i'm looking at you alligator to the mutation <laughs> yeah you know what if Man, my
3: dad I, who's a coal miner can criticize politicians and coaches i can criticize film directors <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie sort of like i said i do recommend the blood beast and boobs doc it's a nice 66 minutes that gives you a little bit more of an insight on on the guy who made this and he just seems like a weird guy who kind of just got stuck directing horror films but was like whatever i mean it's fun he seems to like fans he likes just shooting movies with his friends but yeah it sounds like every one of his movies he's like well i have an rv in the back of the wood like he had woods in the back of his house he's like well we got a bathtub And we got an RV, and we've got woods. Let's just try to work those into everything we've
4: That explains a lot. So I was – my plan was that I was going to – I was going to watch that uh, because I knew that this was coming up. And I had the YouTube link. I was like, ready to go. It's like, okay, I'll do it as soon as I watch Nightbeast. I'll do it as soon as I watch Nightbeast. It takes me forever to watch Night Beast. And then I'm like, motherfucker. They took down the documentary while I was waiting to, 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 to watch Nightbeast. So I never got to watch it. But I just think that's so funny that somebody did a DMCA takedown on YouTube for Blood, Beast and yeah. Bruce.
2: I still think that there's something charming about like I think that Nightbeast is one of those films where like, yes, it's bad. Yes, it's poorly made. It's got some really weird choices throughout it but it has that thing that i've always said the difference between like a movie that's so bad that it's good and a movie that's trying to be so bad that it's good is that there's that charm of like just a bunch of just a bunch of friends in the woods trying their best and yeah and like i will give night beast that credit this is a bunch of friends in the woods trying their best yes but i do want to stay not the
3: actors and really stress the fact that this movie is not fun
2: no. Well, watch the first 15 minutes and then you can click yeah. it off. Yeah, like the
4: whole movie isn't fun. And and this is something that we will definitely be coming back to multiple times this summer uh, because of a, a lot of questionable choices have been made by all of your hosts. Um, because I am way ahead of the curve with getting these movies watched. Uh, anyway, so because of that, there are a lot of movies that we discuss on this show that are not good but there are a lot of cool parts to them and i feel like night beast is that kind of movie so don't pay for it if you don't have to it's we watched it on prime free so if you have amazon prime you can watch it for free uh but again
2: uh you're probably just going to want to watch the parts with the rubber suit monster mm-hmm. yeah and i'm sure someone's put out a supercut of that by now but uh, does anyone else have anything else to throw out? Or should we move into those double features? <laughs> I'm done.
0: We're making an ad. Snapping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah. what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad! That's, That's the ad. That's the ad.
1: What? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you.
2: Hey, everybody. We'll be back with the episode in just a second, but I need to talk to you about this week's sponsor, Best Fiends. So I have been crushing it in Best Fiends. I'm just a couple levels away from level 500, which has been my goal level. Obviously, it's going to keep going because they're always adding more levels. There's never a point where you're completely done the game, which means that there's always time to play it. So once I'm done recording all of my podcasts, you guys know I make way too many, and done all of the editing, there's nothing that helps calm me down more than just laying down in my nice, comfortable bed, and then I just play a little bit of Best Fiends. I just... You know, swiping left and right, blowing up things, killing slugs, playing with these cute characters. It's the best way to decompress after a long day. So engage your brain with fun puzzles, collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. All right. So, Brian, this was your pick. What's your double feature for Night Beast?
3: Ooh, my double feature would be Critters. Huh. And I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> because they both come
4: from yeah. space. Uh, I'm actually very surprised that you didn't go with what I'm picking. And Matt, I'm going to, go for you it. know, Bogart you before I can uh, before you can say anything. Um, I'm going to go with Extra. Oh, Extras. Because
3: you loved Extra so much, Brian. I can't believe that you weren't like, yeah, fucking Extra. I'll watch Extra again. Yeah, I know. I probably should have. And, and had I put Thought into the double features, it might have been on there.
4: Yeah, but this is also we were just talking about this the other day on Messenger that every single time you pick a, uh, a double feature, is a surprise to everyone, including <laughs> yeah. yourself.
3: Yeah.
2: I'm still waiting for Brian. Brian, who has on so many occasions either just pick something based on a picture or pick something based on a memory <laughs> or pick something because he had seen a different movie in that franchise once and thought why not I'm surprised he hasn't picked either of the extra sequels yet
3: No see I can't I'm not going to I'm not going to ever pick one of those because it extra is not a movie that I look at where it's like oh this is so cheesy that it's good like i love extra (laughs) i think think it is a masterpiece of film and i don't want to see what they do to the sequels
4: i've been told that they're pretty fucking bad
2: all right fair enough well for my double feature and this is gonna sound like there's no thought put into it but i actually pondered this for a while i'm going with night flyer um the stephen king like made for tv uh, movie vampire Yeah, so here's the reason. First of all, obviously, Night Beast, Night Flyer seems to make sense. But also because the advertisements for both of these movies, like when they both came out on VHS, the idea was just like, I don't know, just throw the fucking monster dead front. Right on the front. (laughs) like Advertise what's in this thing. Um, Night Flyer's an okay movie, all things considered, for a made-for-TV, Stephen King adaptation. It's uh, not as bad as a lot of the other ones. I don't think I would ever pick it for the show because it is like 75% just an investigative movie where it's just like, oh, these people keep dying when they get on this plane and I need to figure out who's the pilot. And then like the night flyer doesn't come in until like the last 10 minutes when it's like, oh, fuck, it's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, can you
4: imagine if we fucking watched the Langoliers for the oh, show?
2: God, that might be what I think is the absolute worst Stephen King adaptation to sit through because it's not only yeah. is it bad. And the cgi looks like trash even for like the time period that it came out but it's also two it and a did, half yeah. hours long <laughs> like it's so long. yeah
4: but it was this the the only thing that is would be fun about it is to talk about how they tried to make an event out of it that, that was okay so for the young ones that might listen to this show that didn't live through it in the 90s um stephen king was massively popular but studios Learned their lesson in the uh, '70s and '80s, but about whether or not they can make money on Stephen King books as movies. So um, they were just, you know, taking whatever they could get. So they were like, "Okay, we're going to make a, a this event where we have, uh, you know, it's two days or a, like a maxi series or whatever it was um, to 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 tell the Stephen King story." And they're they're all just so fucking low effort and uh the langoliers is is definitely the most disappointing of them Uh, because i i specifically remember when when it was on tv i don't think i watched it on tv i'm pretty sure that i rented the double vhs tape yeah (laughs) because like it was two and a half hours long and you can only get um 90 minutes or maybe i think it might have been 100 minutes on one vhs tape uh so like my brave heart was a a two disc set or a two tape set which was always so annoying because you'd never finish the movie. Uh, if you're if you are a person like me, you'd p- put in the first tape. You'd watch it and fall asleep. So you'd watch all the good shit and then you wouldn't and then it would like it would go to the end of the tape and it would automatically rewind it and turn off your TV for you. So I was doing a lot of that and not finishing movies that were the two tape sets so langoliers was one of them um i didn't own that but it was the same kind of concept uh they did tommy knockers they did uh they do needful things as a yeah, tv movie i, I think remember. so yeah
2: and and that's the thing it was always these big stephen king it was stephen king and peter, peter benchley those were the two authors that constantly had these big like tv events storm of the century P- was well, one are, the Oh, the shining yeah, but that was a max
4: Series, yeah, the the storm of the century. Oh no no! no. I, I think the shining was the six six parter. I mean, right?
2: I, there was a ton of stuff like that. The only thing that I'll give the Langoliers because at the time that I watched it, I was doing, and I still kind of do this. I would read the Stephen King novel or short story, and then I would immediately watch the adaptation. And the thing with The Langoliers is that it's pretty faithful to the story. It's just not a good story to begin with. Dude, Different Seasons is not a really – it's not very good. Well, no, no, no. That's not Different Seasons. That's Four Past Midnight, which is terrible. Different Seasons is great. Really? The Langoliers is – Yeah, Different Seasons is great. Different Seasons is Apt Pupil, uh, Stand By Me, and Shawshank Redemption are all the stories. No, I thought that Different Seasons had to be –
4: the, and, that, and, that was the a, fourth, and then or... the
2: fourth one is the breathing method which the breathing yeah, method, yeah which is
4: oh but yeah four past midnight was way thicker yeah because uh, <laughs> I, I do remember it being a thick ass book at the library
2: all right so what have you guys watched that you want to discuss
3: i recently and by recently i mean yesterday um finally watched <laughs> the latest star wars movie and oh, get up wait. on that
2: microphone, Brian.
3: <laughs> I recently watched the most recent Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker. And mm-hmm. I don't remember group consensus, but I will say I had a fucking blast. I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I love yeah. that movie. I would, I would say that it's my least favorite of the new trilogy, but I still liked it a lot. What? Yeah. Your
3: least favorite? I felt like. I, I felt like the Last Jedi. I I don't I don't think any of them were bad. I enjoyed all of them, and I, but I felt like the Last Jedi felt the longest to me.
2: See, I oh yeah. my problem is like I loved the Last Jedi. Like I think the Last Jedi is one of my all time favorite Star Wars movies because I like that it it went against what I expected it to do, and then I felt like my only problem with Rise of Skywalker is I felt like it did a lot of revisionist history to everything that happened well, in Well, no, West it's Jedi. because Ryan Johnson fucked the whole story Man. in... Uh... I think that the problem... If we're going to place blame <laughs> on anybody, I'm going to place blame I mean, for... We can
4: place it on George Lucas, yes. Well, no, no, no. I was
2: going to say, I, here's the thing. As much as people give shit to George Lucas, and I agree that shit should be given, I give a lot of shit to J.J. Abrams because whether you like or dislike the prequels or the original trilogy, which I can't imagine if you didn't like the original trilogy, I don't know why we're even having this discussion, but <laughs> those, those three movies for the most part, with exclude the fact that the first Star Wars was written as a standalone movie beyond that. Like Emperor Strikes Back, return of the Jedi have a continuous, like you could tell the a to B that was those two movies and the prequels as bloated and shitty as they are. You can tell that there was a full, like this is the three movie plan for this whereas like what clearly happened with return with Last Jedi was like it felt like and I think I've heard this from other people that it actually was the case that J.J. Abrams wrote the first movie and then was like well we'll figure out where this goes later on <laughs> yeah and it's like when you do that then like obviously if you're gonna tell the guy hey go with it, do whatever you feel is right. You can't then retrospectively be like, yeah, you know, Rand just came in and fucked up everything. It's like, well, you didn't have a plan. And he, like, like at least if nothing else, Last Jedi to me feels like it had more of an idea of what their plan was. Like, I get that Ryan Johnson knew where he wanted that story to go. I don't think that J.J. Abrams knew where he wanted Force Awakens to go when he wrote it. I think he just was like, I just want to write a Star Wars movie and it'll be fun. And then everything and else feels you know, like, it's written. Yeah, and it's great. I feel like everything else feels... I think that Rise of Skywalker feels very written by a committee, if that makes sense. Like, it just feels like, all right, well, we got to put this in there for these fans. We got to put this in there for these fans. And, like, it it works. It's a fun movie. I'm glad that I own it. I, I'm i glad that I uh, saw it in theaters. Like, I have no complaints about Rise of Skywalker. But there was, like, something that bothered me throughout it when I'm like, but, but this feels like we're just rewriting everything
4: (laughs) like i I, you know matt i know yeah (laughs) you felt like you were going through the motions (laughs) losing all my breath i have Ah. i have
3: one i can't even see (laughs) if this is really me i have i have i have one or two Quarrels with the Star Wars franchise and they're all missed opportunities.
4: Look, I have three. Phantom Menace, <laughs> Attack of the no.
3: You have your complaints about Chewy. No, I'm not gonna complain about Chewy. I am I all I'm saying is missed opportunities. Not that they did something wrong, is 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 that they didn't do something. Keep in mind, I'm a millennial, so I did grow up. The first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters was Phantom Menace. And I am one that I think that Darth Maul is quite possibly (laughs) one of the coolest characters. And to take (laughs) the darkest, possibly coolest character and tell the majority of his story in a children's cartoon is a missed opportunity. That's one. Number two is Darth Vader. You know, he was so focused. He knew that Luke was his son. He knew that these people were his children. And he was so focused on Luke turning him to the dark side. I just wish he would have showed some father figure, like when he had Leia captive in, in uh, A New Hope, just kind of pop into her pod and go, we're oh, for your thoughts. Just something like that. <laughs> They're the only two things I would change in Star Wars. The rest, oh, I enjoy no, them all.
2: I, I have an extra thing. Uh, more Baba Frick. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Baba Frick. I, I just love how
4: okay, so if we're talking about shit that felt like it was written by a committee, when Babu Frick pops
2: up in the very last couple minutes, he just goes,
4: Hey now that.
2: That But you know what? what you, that was the part that made me the happiest in that whole movie. Because I was so upset that Babu Frick was dead and then he just pops up, he's like, Hey <laughs> Oh god, I hope he pops up in the new season of uh The Man Mandalorian. Movie.
4: Man, I I literally uh, this Past week, Megan was like, "What do you want to watch?" You know, like, and so this is actually going to be a great segue. So uh, I was like, "What do you want?" She was like, "What do you want to watch?" And I'm like, "I want to watch the fucking Mandalorian again." And she's like, "I don't think I'm ready." I'm like, "I'm ready." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we didn't start it. I did, we didn't restart it, but oh God, I don't think I've ever been so jazzed to rewatch a TV series so quickly. But I I, I just I don't know, man. I, it's it's so fun. In, in any case, what we did start watching is an amazing TV show that uh, I had no idea about. And our friends, Hannah and Jason told us to give it a shot. And um, it, you guys haven't said anything about it. So I'm assuming that you have not heard of it because if you had heard of it, you would be screaming at me that we all need to watch it. It is called Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Yeah. It's delightful. Matt. I was
2: going to say, why
4: the fuck haven't you said
2: anything about it? It's
3: always on Hulu as recent watches.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've been, we're, (laughs) There may be an episode on the whole series uh, coming to my favorite episode shortly.
4: <laughs> oh man, it is so good. I well, I, you know, I that's one of those episodes of one of your other podcasts I will not listen to until I have finished the uh, the season um, because I, I want to. It's just there's so much joy. To be had watching that that show. It's just so
2: it's just so good. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is absolutely delightful. And I'm going to maneuver one of my uh, I was going to save this for next week. But kind of bouncing off of that, Scott, I didn't expect to love this movie as much as I did. But I finally watched Anna and the Apocalypse. And I really, really liked it. (laughs) You did because I was so fucking disappointed. Oh my God. I was like, I think that the, the humor is there. I think that the gore is like delightfully over the top. And I really liked the music. I thought that the music fits into that, like be more chill dear Evan Hansen style of musical where it's that very like upbeat Taylor Swift inspired pop. And I liked that with the exception of one song, which is to me, the worst song in the movie, none of the songs really acknowledge that it's about zombies. Like, the songs would have fit in as just, like, a musical that takes place in a high school between, like, two people falling in love for the most part. And it just happens that zombies are involved in it. But, yeah, I was, I was watching it last night with just the biggest smile on my face. Just like, this is nice. I'm enjoying <laughs> this. I'm in a happy place. So I, I want to give that a shout-out. And I do want to give a shout-out to a documentary that a friend of Brian and I is made that is now available on Amazon. Scott, you can skip it because it'll make you feel things, and I know you kind of want to avoid that. Uh, but it's a doc yep. called Waldo on Weed, um, and it's about a uh, guy. Him and his wife live in Philadelphia, and their six-month-old is diagnosed with eye cancer. And they basically risk going to jail for a very, very long time to get him the CBD oils that he needs to help fight the eye cancer when he continues to get nauseous and sicker from the chemotherapy. And they read online that it was a good way to like help their baby get through the chemo. Um, so it's it's a very heartwarming and beautifully made doc from my friend Tommy, who at this point has made three perfect documentaries yeah. in my eyes. He made that. I am Santa Claus and the Bill Mary stories. And he just is, he's really doing something out there. All right. Well, that was night beast from 1982. I almost want to say 90 there, but this thing looks like it's from the seventies. <laughs> so yeah. uh, 1982 as picked by Brian next week, we're going to jump into a movie that I also thought Brian picked, but turns out it was a Scott pick. Uh and you know I mentioned Nightflyer earlier, that might be a decent double feature for uh the movie that we're watching next week, so stay tuned.
3: Bow, 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 bow. <laughs>
0: Work. we're making an ad napping yeah. ad this is where i think if we're doing it right alec baldwin comes in he says a couple things mm. he listens to the podcast every week yep. has he been canceled Was alec baldwin the one who killed somebody i hear that gary sinise is free oh, okay great he hasn't worked since 2020 <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah. what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The it. Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad! That's, That's the ad. That's the ad.
1: Whats? my co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from it's like hot sex in a mug we are the maximum mediocrity podcast and we are on all major podcasting platforms we'll be waiting for you
2: you're listening to the geekscape network